Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the HowDoIRepent.org podcast. My name is Mike Brown. I'm so excited to be with you today, and I am joined by a very special friend of mine, a brother, uh, Mr. K. Welcome, brother. Hey, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I've been looking forward to this opportunity just to sit down with you and uh, and just have a great conversation. And joining us next time as a fellow truth hunter, Mr. Rick Bartell. But now, since this is our first podcast, Mr. K, I wanted to provide some background on why we are embarking on this journey together. Now, having grown up in an evangelical Christian background, an underlying taboo is often present, but rarely addressed. There seems to be a tendency to avoid asking questions, confronting, or arguing in order to gain understanding. Whenever understanding differs from theology or confronts a religion's theology, terms like legalism, heresy, no faith, non-believer, etc., they, they arise. So I went back to John 8, 31 to 32 this morning, and so Jesus said in John to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. My impression now is, and should have always been to ask, to seek, and to knock. Ask and it will be given to you, right? Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. So that's what we intend to do on this broadcast, on this podcast this morning. So our goal is to engage truth from God's word, not my my interpretation of truth or Mr. K's interpretation of truth or Rick's interpretation of truth. Rather than just scratching the surface, we want to dig deep and find meaning behind words. We want to know the truth. Now, for all those listening, I pray that you will be blessed as we go through these elementary teachings, simple principles, theology, where we seek to rediscover what it means to be a disciple and discover truth. Welcome to the HowDoIRepent.org podcast. Okay, now, now here's something, here's something simple that we can start with, Mr. K. What happens after I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, how do I proceed? I think that's the burning question that most believers, people who come under this authority, they want to know. So let's dive right into it. That's a, that's a great question. One of the things that somebody has to really first look at and say, why am I accepting Jesus? You know, what's my motivation? And mm-hmm. really, that's I think that's a point. Like I know in my life, I for you know, I, I, there were years I was raised in church, and you know, I finally came to this point. You know, what what does that mean? You know, what what does it mean to seek God to accept Jesus? And I think the thing is, you really got to dig deep and and really find why is it that that you're really seeking and jumping well, in it. I like that. Let's let's go back to that point. You actually see with with great conversation raises great questions. So. What what does it mean to accept Jesus? What what would you say to our audience if if they were to say, okay, I want to accept Jesus Christ? What does that even mean? Well, I in, in my life it became a it, it was really as I looked at it and after I you know I, I look back you know, always look back and see you know hindsight's twenty twenty but for me it was a uh, selfish reason. I mean I, I wanted to get something out of God. And it was really like, I, I want to make sure that when I die, that I know I'm going to go to heaven. So wait, you're telling me that's that's not correct? Well, that was, it, it's, it's, it is a, 
you know, it, it is, you could say it is correct that that's the real reason. I mean, we want to go to heaven. We don't want to go to hell. Sure, sure, sure. But, right. but I mean, if, if you're just living your life and saying, well, I'm just trying to get something out of God, that I think was the, the big question I came to. And I remember uh, a pastor preaching a message from Matthew where he said, Jesus said, many people will come to me on that day. And he said, I never knew you. And I, I basically, it hit me right between the eyes, like, wait a second, why, what, do I even know Jesus? And, sure. and the thing was, my whole, my whole mindset, what I realized was, I was just doing this to try to get something out of God, and I never even took a moment to sit there and say, hey, I really need to get to know the Messiah. What, why do we even have a Messiah? And I mean, that became a big question. It was kind of like, what's the reason for a Messiah? Is it just to come and save the whole world? I mean, that, in church, that's really what I heard all my life. And I, I'm sitting there like, there, there's got to be more to this world than just coming to this point where I'm like, okay, am I saved or not? And am I going to heaven? Is, is that all it means? So, so what you're saying is, if I'm understanding, I'm hearing you say that we have a job to do, that there is something that we can do, and that might flow into the next steps well, yeah, right, that's, of what I can well, do. That's exactly because if I'm just, you know, if I'm just relying on, on Jesus to get me to heaven, then, you know, I'm not doing much different than most of the people serving other idols and other gods to try to get them to do something. Mm -hmm. And I started looking and like, am I really looking at Jesus as an idol or am I looking at him as a, a master, uh, a friend, uh, you know, sure. a savior? And, and it really brought me back to this point. Like, what does it mean? to? Why do we even have to have a Messiah? And, and it, it led me down this path to looking at things from a Jewish perspective, because from the Jewish perspective, they really identify everything is about the Messiah. But why, why would you think that it's necessary to go back to a Jewish perspective? What, what would be the point? I mean, as a, as a pastor and studying, I've always been taught, you know, the word hermeneutics is very important. You go back and you study from the context, both cultural, time frame, you know, what have you. And so, you know, why would it be necessary to study from that context? Well, you know, I, 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 Yes, I finally got the revelation in my life that Jesus was a Jew. <laughs> and I was like, and when I got that, I started looking at things like, oh, wow. I, I'm like, well, first of all, they didn't but, have... Well, let, let, let me stop you right there. Does that, does that help you in understanding? Well, it did at the time. Well, when you, when you understand that Jesus and the disciples and the apostles did not have a, a New Testament. I mean, they had the Old Testament. They had the mm -hmm. Torah. They had the Tanakh. Uh, I mean, there was a process that Jews you know, study the Bible, they, they study the Torah every week, and, you know, everybody's studying the same scripture, and I started looking at these process, the, the process that they used, and, and then I actually started looking at, kind of getting into the history uh, around the time of Jesus, you know, what, and, and I learned, I mean, that's such a longer discussion, but, but the fact was that there was a process already in place, and Jesus came, and he didn't, he didn't create something new, he, he was, he was basically, he, he was coming to this, he was filling this position of the Messiah that is, that is spoken of in the Torah and throughout the prophets. And there's a specific job that the Messiah has. Okay, so, so he didn't just come to die and raise again. He came to do what? What if there is... One burning question. I know, I know that I've heard, and this is, this is what we want to do, folks. Now, this isn't, as you're listening, you might be sitting here punching the, the, the screen or, or trying to, 
you know, getting upset, if you feel something rising up in you, it's because there's, there's something that's being confronted. And this is what I want to lay out. So, Mr. K, as far as what you just said, you know, that there, a Messiah is appointed position. Messiah came to do a job. What was that job? See, I think to accept him as Messiah and King, we have to understand what he came to do. What did he come to do? Did he come to die and, and raise again? Or is there more to it? So in, in Deuteronomy 18, Moses makes a statement and he says, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. This is, this is a key scripture used, especially you know, from a Jewish perspective of what, what we're looking for in a Messiah. And the first thing is, he's somebody who was like Moses. That takes some effort to come back and sit there and say, okay, what does that mean? I mean, really, when Jesus' message was not, hey, I come here to die for you, and I was raised from the dead that you could be saved. In yeah. fact, if you go back to the Synoptic Gospels, it says something completely different, right? It exactly. says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right. So that, that was the gospel message that Jesus and the, the disciples preached. Mm-hmm. So we, we always got to go back to what is repentance. But before we get there, let's just talk about the job of a Messiah. Okay. So, the, so we, we have to go back. Everything in the New Testament is based on the Old Testament. It, it, so it, it, so if, if I have an interpretation in the New Testament, and let's say I say, well, Jesus did away with all the Torah, I am, I'm basically negating the, the Torah. <laughs> I can't, you, you can't, everything has to line up in the Bible. And so one of the jobs of the Messiah, Moses, Moses said God's going to send another person like him. So everybody's looking for this prophet. And all through the Old Testament, it's, 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 everything's pointing to this prophet. So the prophet has to be like Moses. Moses taught the Torah. He lived what, 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 let's, let's, let's pause right there. So, so you keep saying the word Torah. Um, you know, in, in studying from a Jewish perspective, obviously we, we understand Torah. It kind of has a, a, um, uh, there's kind of a taboo related to Torah. You know, people are looking at it as legal. Like I said in the, in the opening statement, they're looking at it as legalism, the law, you know, the, uh, it, the instruction. And so, um, y- you know, are you saying that, that Jesus, the Messiah would have spoken about and talked about these things? This Torah? Well, well, yeah. So let's just go. The Torah, the, the word Torah in Hebrew is, I mean, it can be translated to instructions. Yes. So the instructions, so if we look at this, the first the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, they are they are instructions. They're, they're a guide to how do you live in this world. Uh, even according to the rabbis, the Torah was was the foundation of what this world was built on. So it was here before this world was here. Sure. Yes. So, so there, it's an instruction on how do you live this life and you do it in relationship and in God's plan. So okay. So, so my, my, you know, from, from kind of my understanding, uh, the, the instructions are, are basically how we live our lives out, right? Is that what you're saying? So, right. so God has mandated, this is, this is what will bring you back to me. I always equate it to, 
uh, a roadmap or a treasure hunt, right? So God has, has given us these instructions. Uh, if we follow these, we will get back to a right relationship and right standing with God. So essentially, they are our constitution. If we were to relate it to anything uh, in this modern day, they are they are our our laws are are written by that. We 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 govern by that uh, document, and this helps us to maintain a peaceful society. It helps us to know how to love others. It helps us to because you know, Mister K. What I've found is, is there are words that are getting thrown around like, you know, uh, love and, and, you know, joy. And, and you're talking about all of these different kind of, uh, statements and, and things that we, that we say daily. And really, if I were to ask you, what is love without that baseline, without that understanding, it's, you're, you're just coming at it from a human perspective. Does that make sense? And there, there's actually a form of love that is from God, for God, and by God that is something. It is truth, and that's what we want to break it down and get down to. What is the truth? So get back to your point. I just wanted to throw that in there, food for thought, as we continue. Okay, I just want to keep in mind. We ask the question: What's the reason for a Messiah? So we right. got to got to look back. So first, I just got to lay out a couple things because we're on this discussion on the Torah. Before, and I'm going to give you an understanding, I'm going to talk about this, you know, I'm going to do a short summary, a quick, from a, from a rabbinic point of view, a teaching. Okay. So, so there was Adam, and then Adam had sons, and there was a line of sons that basically held on to the teaching of Adam. There, Adam was giving, given some specific instructions, and those were passed down. And so you can look at, the, it went through the line of Seth, through Lamech, through uh, Noah, through Noah's son Shem. Shem actually set up a school uh, and and taught. And, and at the time, there were seven laws, seven specific commandments that were given uh, to Noah. And I'm sure in later podcasts we'll go over these, but these seven laws were the foundation for the Ten Commandments. So one of those laws was for uh, to set up courts of justice. So, and this is an example in the Ten Commandments. It says uh, one of the commandments is don't bear false witness against your your neighbor. Well, how can you bear false witness if you're not in court? So there was a court already set up. So there was already a foundation. Okay. Those Ten Commandments. There, there were these. There were these script. There were all these commandments that were always given. You know, there. Were, in the Bible, there, there's 613 of these commandments hidden throughout the Bible. Like, there's a there's a commandment that says to give thanks to God after you eat. Well, that's a commandment. Sure. Well, the right. word commandment means mitzvah. I mean, it's mitzvah. It means connection. So you can connect to God through these commandments. And folks, just so you know, we, we, we want to put these verses corresponding to what Mr. K is talking about. We'll put these down uh, on, on the bottom of this page as we present. Because we definitely don't, I don't want you to take our word for it. Like I said, it's not our interpretation of truth. This is truth as it comes from the word of God. So we want you to go back in. We want you to engage. We want you to check it out. We want you to hold our feet to the fire. And we want you to post questions. Send us some emails. Let's, let's get you thinking on this front as we, as we move forward and we keep going deeper. Let's, let's keep going, Mr. K. Well, these, so these 613 commandments are spread out throughout all these, the five books of the Torah. 
there were one of the things is God made a covenant with Abraham, and it says He made the covenant with Abraham because He kept His command because He kept the commandments. So these commandments had coming up through Adam. Do Noah, if if they came up through Adam, were they given to Adam from someone? Were were they given by God? Is this what God said you must do? Yeah, there's there's actually you know I don't want to get into all the other side of it, but there's there's actually sure. there's a book about the laws given to Adam. Okay, so they came from somewhere. Obviously, yeah. we can make the assumption at this point in our interview that they came from God. Yeah, and and so you know there there were specific reasons why God flooded the earth. Well, there had to be commandments already given. You know, there, right. was, there had to be right. There had yeah, to so, be uh, a reparation, or what, what do you want to call it? Um, there had to be uh, a punishment for sins committed. Yeah, so, uh, unless they had something to measure it against, there, there, it wouldn't have been just, right? It would, there wouldn't have been justice in that right. act. Yeah, God's just not doing something that's okay. Uh, okay, with no justice. I mean, so sure. there, there already there are already commandments that people were aware of. I mean, well before the Torah was ever given, so. There, there was, but I, but I like what you said, Mister K. I like what you said. You said, you know, that was a result of the flood was a result of breaking God's commandment. Yeah. So, so isn't that what sin is? Breaking God's commandment? Yeah. And and Paul said, how do we know what sin is? Well, by the law. So, so as 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 society matured, God gave more clarity to the law, and so it's kind of as we grow. In our walk with God, you know, come back to, hey, why do I accept Jesus? Well, it's because I want to know God's laws. Mm-hmm. And, and really, that's that's what it comes back to. And, and if I did not accept Jesus to learn his laws and learn his ways and, and correct my path to follow that, then I'm doing it only for the fact of a selfish reason. And I might as well, and, and I'm really putting Jesus in the place of an idol. And I'm trying to say, okay, I depend on this idol to get me to heaven, but I'm not going to do anything. Wow, that is very, very profound. So, so just so I understand, I hear you that that Jesus actually came to sort it out to show us how to live exactly. the instructions of God out that were given to man, not for man's. You know, I've heard it said that 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 let's call it let's call it the instructions of God. I know what we say; it's the law. Let's call it the instructions. A little. Uh, you know, for for those who are listening, it might it might bring up a, a couple of um, we don't want any blocks, we don't want any walls built before you go through and you pick apart this truth. So now, all of a sudden, you say that that God made the, the the instructions for mankind how to get back to God, how to live right. Uh, man essentially took those and and perverted them. Uh, they made them their own. They thwarted them. They said they are done away with. They said there's no reason to follow these laws. Correct? There's no reason to follow these instructions. That And Jesus came, and the thought is, and was, and is continuing to be, that Jesus somehow came to continue that, to do away with them, to, to, to get rid of God's orders for mankind because they were bad, because they they were a curse. I would then ask, are you are you sure that you're worshiping the same God I'm worshiping? You know, we call God good, and then in the same in the same breath say, well, that He's cursed mankind through the instructions, through the laws of God. That that's something that it's hard for me, and maybe those listening, ask yourself those questions. You have a holy, sovereign God. 
the holy sovereign God somehow messed up. We can't figure that out in in this kind of uh, this kind of religious mindset of saying, well, no, God didn't screw up. But in the same sentence, you're saying, well, he he did do something wrong, so he had to send the Messiah to correct it. But what I would submit is we've screwed it up, and he had to send the Messiah to come in and show us exactly what God had meant. Well, this and is that God. is discipleship. That's exactly what the new covenant is. You got to look at this. The new covenant is God saying, "Look, I'm going to help change your heart." It's not that He made a mistake in creating these laws that we couldn't keep. The thing was, we were not perfect, and that we could keep His laws. And so God's like, you know what? As you repent and work through your process of coming closer to Me, I promise I'm going to change your heart, where you're going to want to serve Me. Okay. What you, you keep saying this word repentance, and I think it needs to be brought up because we talked about the gospel message. We talked about repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What, what is repentance and what are you measuring your sin by in order to make that correction? You keep saying correction, make correction. But how do you know you're making correction? So, so let's get into that a little bit. So, look, repentance is much more than just confessing your sin. It, 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 okay, it's, it's not... Oh, I'm sorry. I want to go to heaven. It, it's, I mean, that, that's really what, you know, that's what I thought all my life. I'm like, as long as I confess, sure. myself, I, I'm good. But, right. Right. But repentance is a process. And, and the whole thing is this process God has put in place. And it's also one of the things that rabbis say, teach that was there before the foundation of this earth. We have the instructions and we have the process. We have the process of repentance. God already made a way for us to come back. That repentance leads us to know God better and so that we can understand his domain, his kingdom, all his ways. I mean, Jesus that Jesus said, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I mean, and all these things will be added. It's like repentance is the process of learning about the kingdom and it's about seeking righteousness. It, Jesus, the whole, everything Jesus did was made it possible so that anybody can repent. Well, if you don't repent, Mr. K, then then you run the risk of continuing sinning because grace has been extended. I keep hearing this living under grace, yeah. living under grace. What I believe grace to be is we have another breath in our lungs to get to get it right, to yeah. get to get what God said to do to mankind to come back to him to get that right, not necessarily go on sinning because grace has been extended. Right. That, that's something that I have trouble with when I when I engage people and they say, well, there's no need for all of that stuff because Jesus came to do away with it and supply all sufficient grace so that I can go on sinning. Have we found a loophole in, in God's process? Can we go on sinning because grace has been extended? Yeah, let, let me let me step back one 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 little step in this in our discussion here. There are specific commandments. For specific people, you know, we talked about these seven, these original seven laws. It's a covenant that God made with man and all animals at the flood. Okay, we built on these seven commandments. Now, there, there's another teaching, and we put a link to it in this down at the bottom um, of this audio. You know, that can go in a little bit more detail on the Noahide laws. The seven Noahide laws is what it, it, any citizen of this world is accountable for. Then there's laws that are for the Jewish people. So those who are not Jewish, they're not obligated under these other laws. 
There's laws. There's laws for men. There's laws yeah. for women. Like you there's know, laws for king. Can't, women can't be circumcised. And yeah, there's the laws right. for king. There's laws for people who sure. live. You know? uh, so there's, there's laws for Messiah, right? Yeah, there's laws for the Messiah, and 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 that's one of the things. So, so you're telling me, hold on, that Jesus is under the law. <laughs> oh, yeah, one hundred percent. He and in because fact, he followed it one hundred percent, right? Yeah. So, well, look, let's go back. So Matthew five nineteen. You know, or five, you know, five seventeen through nineteen. I mean, it says, you know, don't think that he Jesus came to abolish the law. You know, I know people are like, well, he fulfilled it. Well, if I go to job, if I go to a job every day and I fulfill my job for the day, does that mean I'm not going to go back tomorrow and fulfill it again? No, I I have a job to fulfill, and I'm going to do it every day. So what? Okay, so so what he was fulfilling though was he was showing us how to live it out. Yeah, he was living he was out. Showing us what was important. Yeah, and he even said, "Is look, it's it's not going to end. It's not going to disappear until heaven and earth." And it, you know, in Jeremiah, God God is even telling Jeremiah, "He's like, have have you looked what the people are saying? Like they're saying that I did away with the law. I did away with the Levitical priesthood. I did away with all this." And God's like, "As long as there's a moon and a sun, I'm not going to do away with it." So I mean, it's like, it, you know, even though this is where if we don't understand it. It's okay. I mean, we, we don't have to, we don't have to try. It's not all or nothing. Repentance is a process where you start learning, you think about it, and you learn, how do I need to apply this? You know, so when I accept Jesus, the first thing, and this is where I'm just kind of going back to my original thing where I'm sitting there and the pastor's like, Jesus said, many people, you know, come to me on that day and I didn't know you. Depart from me, you who are lawless. I'm like, what is lawless? Well, I'm not following God's laws. I'm like, well, what are God's laws? And then all I heard all my life was God did away with all these Torah laws. And I'm like, well, if God's the same today, you know, now and forever, you know, and, and it just. Why and then, is he changing? Right. And then even going to the scripture in Matthew, it says, well, you've got to be, you got to be able to do it better. Your righteousness has to exceed that of the Pharisees. And I'm sitting there like, well, how can you be a Pharisee? And they were living the life. There was a lot of good Pharisees. I mean, if you look at history, there are really only four sects of Jews. Fair Pharisees were one of them. There were Sadducees, you know, there, 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 there was a sects of Jews, there was sure. Nereseans. Well, the Pharisees were ones that believed in the resurrection. So were all the Pharisees bad? No. There were leaders, and Jesus was very strict with the leaders, but there was a lot of good Pharisees. I believe fact, that. The people there, actually there, went to the Pharisees. They were, they were very close to the, to the people. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so, I think so when we, when we, well, when we, when, if we, if we bring it all around, because, um, you know, to kind of encapsulate what we've been talking about uh, this morning, it's that, you know, there's more to it than just accepting Jesus as your Savior. Well, we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Now we must ask, seek, and knock. We must take that step towards God and without these specific items, you're not going to find or come close to God, right? So now we have what, you, what you've described as the instructions, what God gave humanity. That is, how we, that is what we base um, how we live. We measure it against that, the instruction, the Torah. And then the second was this finding and, and establishing this heart of repentance, right? Because Jesus said, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So you have a job to do, folks. 
I have a job to do, Mr. K, every day. This is a lifestyle. We need to get away from this mindset of once and done, get in, get out, get clean. That's not it at all. This is a lifestyle. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 26. Now remember, go look it up. If you continue to sin with the knowledge that you've been given, there's no sacrifice left. So for those who are saying to themselves right now, Jesus' sacrifice covered it all. I would submit to you that the word of God, the truth, says that if you go on doing this, there's no sacrifice left. You must go back to what Jesus said. If he did away with everything, why was he preaching repent? And, you know, and that's what he was saying. I mean, in Matthew five nineteen, when he said, your, your righteousness has to exceed that of the Pharisees. He was saying, it has to be in your heart. You can do all the outside stuff. You know, you can say, I go to church every Sunday. I give tithes. I do. Mm-hmm. But your heart's not there. It's that, that's really, Jesus was really focused on the heart. And it, it he, you know, right. it, it really came, even like when you, the, the, the written law, the commandment will say, hey, don't commit adultery. But he was saying, look, go deeper, go on the inside. Don't even look at a woman. You know, it, it's that's like, good. but yeah. if you, if you do look at a woman in your heart, that means your desire has not changed for God more than this world. And that is what the new covenant is based on. God's like, I'm going to actually draw inside you. I'm going to work with you and I'm going to change your heart where you don't want to commit adultery. And that's what true repentance is. It doesn't matter the, the laws you will, as you desire God, your life will automatically fall in line in the jurisdiction that you're supposed to be in. And you'll, you will line up and, and your life will line up and you will live for God. And that's, that's what being a disciple of Jesus is about. And it's, do you want to make the decision to go that far? Or do you want to sit there and stay in this world, stay stuck in the mud and keep your desires focused on the things of this world? Paul said in Romans 2, if you seek eternal life, you will find it. But if you're self-seeking, oh, watch out. And that's where it comes to. Are you seeking yourself and the things of this world? Or are you seeking eternal life? That, that's really what the, the whole thing is. I was going to say it's a daily job and it's a lifelong job. It's not exactly. And it says, it says also those who endure until the end will be saved. Correct. So those who work this out, they work through it all of their lives and with fear and trembling. And, and we have these discussions and, and all of a sudden at the end, those who endure will be saved. So let's um let's start to, to wind this and land this bird and and uh, and come back into port here before we take our next voyage. Um so accepting Jesus Christ, you are accepting the mantle of living as Christ, as working this out, as uh considering how Jesus lived, um basing his truth and his understanding of truth on the instructions of God. And so if I were to want to live like Jesus and I were to want to live like the Messiah and to be a believer, that means that I'm going to have to start to adopt the mindset of truth, the instructions of God, identifying that I, that I have sin, but also understanding that Jesus said, and both John the Baptist said it as well, you know, John the Baptist said, show fruit in keeping with repentance. There needs to be an outward sign of an inward change. Jesus said, go, go and repent, sin no more. So that's what this, that's what the foundation, Mr. K. And that's what I wanted to get back to. How do we start this journey? What does it look like? And I believe that you've given us some really great considerations 
uh, to think about as we start this journey, as we go down this road with Mr. K and Rick will be on next week to discuss a lot of the questions that you might have uh, and that we could come to an understanding of who Jesus Christ is, what does he expect us to do, and what does the future hold for those who honor and submit to his authority. So I want to thank you, Mr. K, for being on today, uh, and uh, and I look forward to, to everything. Closing thoughts? Yeah, I just, you know, there's one of the things that uh, I think just to give a good resource, howdoirepent.org. Um, that gives a 30 day steps through repentance. It, it's not, you know, it, it may take people a year that, you know, some people go, I think for a day, check it out and they'll think about it for a month and then maybe come back. But how do I repent really has a good, good, uh, good outline on just the process of working through repentance and maybe getting a little different perspective on it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Go to how do I repent.org. Check it out. Uh, post some questions, get back to us. God bless you, and we look forward to having you back. This is the howdoirepent.org podcast.